Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Doing great, we got man. Cats in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. Don't go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? I'm ready to rock, man. Ready to rock, camera yeah, guys. Ready to roll, Mike. You ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available in Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. Jimmy Kimmel. I have to believe that Kobe right now is looking down from heaven and going, I am determined to learn to play Moonlight Sonata better than Alicia Keys. <laughs> this is the Dan Patrick Show. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Still a Danette down. We have the curtain down over Fritzy's desk. Fritzy is out once again today. We hope that he's back tomorrow. Not sure if, uh, Seton, could you help us? What would it sound like if Fritzy was here today? (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. It sounds like a seal, a seal in distress. (laughs) Todd, how you feeling? Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Got a little frog in my throat. All right, uh, it was it was uh, like a wide range of emotions yesterday watching the Kobe tribute, and uh, I, I was glad that there was some humor in there because it started to feel a little bit like a roast. You know, there were some you know beautiful words uh, that were broadcast, certainly by Vanessa, and uh, but you know, Shaq there. Gino Oriema. I like the fact that it wasn't just about Kobe being a basketball player. It was really about his daughter being a basketball player. Diana Tarazi was there. Uh, Sabrina Nescu out of Oregon, who is the best basketball player in college basketball right now. And, you know, Diana Tarazi, like that was what was special about it. Because people have said great things about Kobe and rightfully so. But this was about her daughter, his daughter, and what she could have been, what people thought of her. And I thought that that was really well done. Vanessa Bryant was spectacular. I mean, talk about having courage. Whatever you have or whatever she had, it it was just, it was genuine. And, uh, you know, it's understandable emotion that you're, you're watching up there. And how she got through that, I have no idea. And then Shaq, you know, thank God, because I'm watching and I'm crying and I'm going, can somebody get up there and tell me a joke? Just somebody make the building laugh. And then Shaquille O'Neal came to the rescue. The day Kobe gained my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no iron team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an ME in that. <laughs> so I went back and told Rick and uh and Big Shell Bob said just get the rebound. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was just a chance to exhale. That's really what I was hoping for. But uh, it was really well done. And the people who came, you know, so many came out who didn't speak. 
like that was what was amazing is you just started to look around the room and you saw everybody there who was just there showing their respect uh, for Kobe and his daughter and the other seven people who died in that helicopter crash. But uh, well done. Uh, pretty, pretty spectacular. All right. Uh, and then there was the moment with uh, Michael Jordan, you know, because Mike, you know, Mike is, and I said this last hour, he's, he's become like Babe Ruth. He's larger than life. He's, you know, he's still, you know, he's the Nike guy. He's he never lost. You don't hear from him. He's sort of a recluse. There's a mythological feel to Michael Jordan. And I thought Michael Jordan became just Mike Jordan. He just became somebody who was human yesterday and had the same emotions as everybody else. And then he gave a little levity talking about crying. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crying meme for the next. I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. That is what Kobe Bryant does to me. I'm pretty sure Vanessa and his friends all can say the same thing. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally, even though he's being a pain in the ass. But it's, he always, you ever have a sense of love for him in the way that he can bring out the best in you. He said that Kobe would text him late at night. I mean, Kobe was a gatherer. He just, and I, when he passed away, I told you that Monday, the one word that would stand out with Kobe Bryant, if you said, give me one word to describe him, and I would say curious. He was so curious to learn. And if he didn't know, he was, he was okay with asking. And it, whether it was basketball or business, even being a father, even being a coach, like he's asking Gino Oriama, how do I coach my daughter? He's asking Michael Jordan. He's stealing the step back from Reggie Miller. He wanted to go into film. He wanted to have books. Like he was just curious. And he would text Jordan late at night because he was curious. And Jordan goes, I'm retired, man. But it was, you know, that was a, a nice, nice tribute yesterday. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, Jordan talked about it a few times how he, Kobe would text him, ask him random questions about everything. And Jordan said, he goes, and actually later I realized. This is good for me, too, because there's not many people I could talk to who are kind of, you know, shared experience. Jordan was trying to say, like, he's a world-class athlete, the world most world-class. And he and Kobe would talk about stuff, and Michael could actually have someone to speak to about the similar paths. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was just the right mixture there. Uh, you know, you had the tribute, you had kind words, you had emotion, but you had a little bit of humor there and uh, a little bit of a roast. McLovin, what is the poll question we're going to go with in the second hour? Okay, so the first hour was, if you were a participant in the combine, would you do the drills? And 64% said yes. Yeah, it surprised I, me because most people are against those drills these days. Well, if I'm Chase Young and I'm Joe Burrow, then it doesn't matter. A lot of reports, a lot of first-round prospects not doing the drills this year. Well, our audience might be saying that because they want to see this. We watch the combine, yep. and you want to see the players that you know – you're going to be seeing a lot of players you probably aren't that familiar with who are going to be doing these drills. If I'm Joe Burrow, I just say, look, I'm on my pro day. Come to my pro day. He did meet with the media today, earlier, about an hour ago, and uh, he was asked a couple of questions about basically 
Do you want to go play for the Cincinnati Bengals? Here's Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm not going to not play. Uh, I'm a ball player. Whoever takes me, I'm going to go show up. Yeah, I'm not going to not play, and I'm going to play whoever picks me. All right, once again, not a ringing endorsement for playing with the Bengals, wanting to go to the Bengals. If I, I told you how I would answer this. If I'm going to be vague, I can be vague because he has been vague. But if I truly want to go to the Bengals and it feels like they want me, then I just say, look, I hope the Bengals pick me because I want to go number one and I want to get that team back to a Super Bowl. Then, then all of this goes away. Like the media can't go, well, you're kind of being vague there. You know, or his parents can't go, you guys are making too much out of this here. Well, we, then that puts that to rest. He hasn't put this to rest. And I don't think he wants to. Here is uh, Joe Burrow uh, once again talking about does he want to go to Cincinnati. What's your concern level of in terms of where you go and how that actually shapes the future and trajectory of your entire career? Yeah, you know, I think uh, with any quarterback, because it's really important. Um, but you don't have a lot of say in that in the draft. You know, they, whoever picks you, picks you, and you, you got to go play. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to try to make whoever picks me work. I think that my school study is really diverse and um, fit in a lot of different schemes. So I'm going to try to be the best player I can, best player I can for whoever. Okay, but is anybody has anybody asked Joe Burrow? Have you heard from the Bengals? And and if if you haven't heard from the Bengals. How concerning is that to you? Like, that's a fair question to him because maybe Cincinnati is looking at, does anybody want to go up and get Joe Burrow? Because the Bengals aren't saying anything. I mean, we ask every week, Mike Brown want to come on? No. Okay. We'll call you next week. We're just curious. If that's who you want, then proclaim your love for Joe Burrow and then – now. Here's what I was told a couple of years ago. Was it last year or the year before? It's that the NFL was suggesting that players not announce who they were going to take prior to. Like, they wanted the suspense of, you know, don't don't commit to anybody. This is a TV show, the draft, and we, we want to make sure that we have suspense there. Where you're not quite sure, but you think you are. I don't know if the Bengals have been told, hey, if you want to take Joe Burrow, great, but let's not announce it. Let's still create some excitement here. Let's create a little bit of drama here. Because there there really isn't when you think about Joe Burrow to the Bengals. It's and the Bengals tech, you know, select Joe Burrow. But that was what I was told, whether it was last year or the year before. This from Ian Rappaport uh, looks like the Carolina Panthers, for the time being, are staying with Cam Newton as their quarterback. Uh, so that was uh, last hour that Ian Rappaport reported that. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. I mentioned Joe Burrow. And uh, Monday was a tough day for Joe Burrow fans because the LSU quarterback made headlines at the scouting combine. His hands measured at just nine inches. Yeah. Apparently that's not ideal. Imagine if he had bigger hands, how many touchdown passes he would have thrown at LSU. Maybe a hundred. But he did throw for five touchdowns and 463 yards in the title game. How about the Oklahoma game when he threw for seven touchdowns, almost 500 yards. I think he did that in the first half. 
On the flip side, Utah State's Jordan Love's hands measured at 10 and a half inches. He threw for 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Joe Burrow threw for 60 in six picks. But Love has big hands, and he is shooting up the mock draft. Here he comes. He's about the same size, I believe, as uh, Joe Burrow. Burrow tweeted last night he's considering retiring because of his tiny hands. Um, he said, please pray for me. Um, but Joe Burrow is laughing at yesterday's headlines. So. And, and good for him. I thought it was really funny. Uh, so what poll question are we going to go with? Mick? I want to do that Tom Brady question you raised at the end of last hour. Mm. If you're the Oakland Raiders, would you offer Tom Brady three years, which would, I guess, push him to 45 at $90 million? Yes. Yes. Do you think there are people out there who would think that's a, a foolhardy investment? Yeah. But the Raiders are moving into a new stadium. I think you have to offer Brady three years to get him away from New England. Because if now all of a sudden New England then has to go up to two-year deal. They have to guarantee two years. And I think Brady would be happy. Not I have no inside information. But I think if you said we're going to guarantee two years and we're going to pay you $62 million. If I'm Brady, I still have a great coach, and I have a playoff team. I'm still playing in a shady division, crappy division. If I go to the Raiders, I'm, I'm still playing against a, a Charger team that might figure it out and the defending Super Bowl champs. So you got to factor that into if Brady's goal is to win one more Super Bowl, where, where's the best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next two years? Not with the Raiders, maybe with the Chargers, but certainly with the Patriots. I know we're trying to shoehorn Brady to the Cowboys, but that's just for trolls. Because I, if I'm the Cowboys, I, I tag Dak Prescott for the next two years, and then I move on with this story. Because And Jerry Jones can just say to Dak Prescott's agent, you guys are doing your business, and I'm doing my business. And this is what I think is the best for us. If you're not going to help us out with the salary cap and what your salary is going to be, because there is more value being the, the Cowboys quarterback, you know, this is time-tested. Go back to Roger Staubach, uh, Dandy Don Meredith, you know, Tony Romo, Troy Aikman. You play quarterback for the Cowboys and you succeed, you're going to be getting a lot of money off the field as well. There is... There's, you know, some clout in that being the, the Cowboys quarterback. Not that that, if I'm in Dak Prescott's agent, I go, yeah, I know, but I have to be successful. So pay us what we think is going to be worth, and he was going to want $35 million a year. Yes, he. I just wonder if Tom Brady is conscious of the idea of going to a new team and looking old. Whereas in the Patriots system, it's sort of, you could say that it's elongating his career. And just because they get rid of the ball so fast and all of those things, but he could very well go to the Raiders and take ninety million dollars uh, and just look super old, and that's not probably the image that he wants to go out on. Do you think that the game plan, the style of the Patriots, allows Brady to look old, and then we don't realize it because he's looked this way for a long time, and it's the same uniform? <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, it sort of camouflages that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it helps. It actually helps him look younger, not older. <laughs> if he wears the silver and black, he, well, black is thinning, so he might look thinner. Vegas is full of middle-aged guys rolling in there with a lot of money, <laughs> walking out in tatters. True religions on.
But I think Brady's going to know here because Patriots want to know before free agency hits. But you're going to have, you know, serious talks here. And I'm getting, you know, the feeling I'm getting is Patriots are probably, this is Belichick's decision where he's going to go, how about one one year and uh, an option year, team option year. And then Brady's going to go, I I, I can't hear you, Coach. What did you, it sounded like you said a one and then a team option. Yeah, that's exactly what we said. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. And uh, I think I'm going to take my talents to Vegas here. Yeah, Paul. I saw an article in, in Boston recently that said the money won't matter to Brady. This is just speculation because his wife has so much and he has so much. It's silly. I, I look back, he's never been amongst the highest paid players at the position because he always scatters his money all over. So he's never been the highest paid, declared the highest paid quarterback. I wonder if a guy like him says, you know, for the next two years, I'm going to be the highest paid. At one time in my career, you're going to pay me. It's like with Michael Jordan, it didn't matter the money because he wanted, he knew his brand was going to be bigger if he won championships. He was going to make more money off the court. But then at the very end, Jordan said, hey, I want to be paid. I'm the most valuable player in the game. I, I want to be paid $30 million a year. And they eventually did that. And I wonder, could they have kept that team together if Mike wasn't asking for $30 million? Would would Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause go, you know what, let's take another spin with this group and then win another title. But they decided to disband and... Um, and the rest is history. Yeah, McLeod. Does it feel like Brady's doing some of those Jordan things with TB12, trying to set up like a, you know, Jordan had Air Jordan, the brand, but TB12 seems to be in his thoughts a lot. Well, I don't know how much money he makes from TB12. Now, but he's looking 10 years from now. Yeah, but I don't know. But but the fact that because Giselle makes all this money that Tom should take less, didn't he do that? Hasn't he done that? This is the time. I think Brady wants to... There's ego. Every one of these guys has ego. Everyone. And it's a question of, uh, hell, Tom's taking $22 million. I don't know how important this is. I don't want to be spending his money, taking money away from him. But, you know, if Dak Prescott realizes how valuable it is to be the Cowboys quarterback on and off the field, then I would probably say, hey, you know what? I still want to be your quarterback. And this is a game of poker between these two. Because Jerry Jones is desperate to win one more, and Dak gives them a better chance than if you all of a sudden let Dak go or you trade him and you get two first-round picks. Yeah, McLeod. How big is the risk risk to uh, Brady's legacy if he does go to Oakland and does, say he plays poorly or the team doesn't play well? I don't think – I mean, look at all the quarterbacks who played elsewhere or star players who played elsewhere. Brady's still going to be the greatest quarterback of all time and be in the top – you know, five as greatest players of all time. Whether he plays for the Raiders and plays two years and they don't make the playoffs, I think it'll be just a footnote. It'll be the Brady Raider years or the Charger years. And so I don't, I don't know if that matters. Like Emmett is an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. Johnny Unitas is a Charger. Yeah. You know, Joe Namath is a Ram. I, I don't know if it matters. You know, Jordan was a wizard. When's the last time somebody goes, yeah, but he went to the Wizards and didn't do anything. The greatest basketball player of all time went to the Wizards. And nobody holds him, you know, accountable, holds that against him. He went there for a business reason. He's like, hey, I'll come in there and play, but I'd like a piece of the team when I'm all said and done. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll get to phone calls. Um, I got a this day in Cowboys history I think you're going to find interesting. Yes. Paulie? 
I have taken over your responsibilities of this day in sports history. Fantastic. Yeah. Needed well, just for today. That's fine. Yeah, just for this moment here. 20 after the hour. Take a break. Back after this and the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Feeling great. We got the staff in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. About to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, camera guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Go to rockauto.com, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com was founded back in 1999 by automotive engineers, and they had two goals in mind. And uh, they're really simple. Give you direct access to all the parts information hidden in the computers and catalogs behind the parts store counter. And second, to make those parts affordable by offering reliably low prices. At rockauto.com, you choose the part brands, prices, features you want anytime, 24-7, so you don't waste time. If you're going to be phoning, driving, waiting in line, and uh, you're able to get that delivered to your home or office, go to rockauto.com today. They're there 24-7. Tell them we told you about this so uh, they can give you that great price, all the parts your car, truck, wherever you need at rockauto.com. All right, I saw this. This day in Cowboys history, 32 years ago today, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys. He bought the Cowboys... Just the team, $60 million. How about that investment? How about that investment? Two years before, Donald Trump was offered the Cowboys for $50 million. At the time, he said it was a bad deal. The Cowboys are now worth $5.5 billion. According to Darren Ravel, that's an inflation-adjusted 4,300% return. Stat of the day, stat of the day, pop, pop, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. If I'm Dak Prescott's agent, I get that printed up, and then I just send it in to Jerry. I just FedEx it where you, you know, where you have to sign it. You know, that you certified letter, and then Jerry just opens it up, and it says, uh, you bought this team for $50 million 32 years ago, now worth $5.5 billion. It feels like Dak is still their guy, and I still, I, I felt all along, Dak Prescott's their quarterback. The question is, how much is he going to cost you? Keep this in mind. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, if that Chiefs defense doesn't improve last year, they're not winning the Super Bowl. If you allow them to go out and get players and you can afford them, and that was the difference with the Chiefs. 
the Chiefs' defense got better. They spent money. They made the trade with for uh, Frank Clark. You know, they may lose some of these guys now. And now it's going to be a little bit more creative of trying to keep a nucleus together that is going to be successful. That's the hard part with this. Dallas is already close to missing their window because now Dak Prescott's going to get paid. You're going to start losing players on the defensive side of the ball. And mark my words, if that's the case, Dallas is not going to be challenging for a Super Bowl. You must have a defense at some point in the playoffs that stands up and makes some plays. Time-tested. You can have a great offense there. Are you going to be outscoring everybody the entire year? Is Mike McCarthy going to be able to sprinkle some magic dust on Dak, Dak Prescott? Like, what offense are you going to run? you got a coach that likes to throw the ball who's going to take over a team that likes to run the ball. Can he find a happy medium in there? And what is Dak's role? Is Dak's role, uh, we, we run to set up the pass, or is it going to be the pass to set up the run? Those are, those are the only questions I have with this. And Dak Prescott knows that he's been extremely successful off the field because he's the quarterback for the Cowboys. Has nothing to do with anything else. Because if he was in Tampa, if he was in Cleveland, and he, he, he would not get anywhere near this. You know, Baker Mayfield got endorsements because the Browns were exciting. And there was excitement there. And they're almost making the playoffs. And he's the Heisman Trophy winner. And he's the number one overall pick. And then everybody decided to hitch their wagon because they thought that the Browns were going to be great this year. Hey, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. You had people saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I think the members of the media should get suspended if they have, like, <laughs> like bad takes, like really bad takes. You might be uh, to be test patterns on a lot of stations. There'll be nobody on TV anymore. <laughs> Where you go, we're going to have to, we're going to sit you down for a week after that, that uh, cold take. Yes, Paul. I found the, uh, the Dallas Morning News, the headline, the front page of the Pornet Morning Paper in 1989. Uh, Jerry Jones buys Cowboys, fires Tom Landry. Mm-hmm. So the first day he owned the team, he fired Tom Landry face-to-face. He did it face-to-face with Tom Landry. And then after his, his morning press conference, he had a press conference an hour later to announce that uh, Jimmy Johnson was the new head coach, yeah. taking from Miami. So yeah. that's his first day on the job as the Cowboys owner. Boy, I remember how bad that was. Off that, and running. Just that look where you went, what is he doing? He just fired Tom Landry. You don't fire Tom Landry. The quote from Pete Rozelle in the Dallas Morning News says, this is like Vince Lombardi's death. This is that impactful. That's what Pete Rosell said, the yeah. commissioner of football. But Jerry knew how special Jimmy Johnson was. I just don't think either one knew how their egos were going to factor into this because Jimmy was getting all the credit. And Jerry was like, hey, I can bring in Barry Switzer. And he could have went, well, Barry was coaching Jimmy's team. Yeah, Paul. In the first year, Jerry Jones was in charge of the Cowboys. They uh, fired Tom Landry, brought in Jimmy Johnson, uh, got number one pick Troy Aikman, and traded Herschel Walker for all those picks. But Jimmy is the genius. Mm -hmm. Jimmy said, oh, everybody, remember when we talked to Jimmy, and he said, everybody focuses on the Herschel Walker deal. He said, I made so many trades. I I mean, it was astronomical, the number of trades that he made while he was the head coach of the Cowboys. Unheard of, the number of, of trades that he made. 
You know, Jimmy, really, the, the Jerry made his money and made a wise investment, but Jimmy Johnson was the, the gene. He was really a genius there with what he did and uh, in a short period of time. But, you know, egos, it, it plays a role. All walks of life. Oh, McLovin has a new favorite player at the Combine. Uh, we're going to have to play this down a little bit. I'm causing some waves out there. I've, I've hurt some feelings already. You have? Yeah. Why? Well, Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy wore a Star of David yeah. uh, for his Combine interview. Yes. Uh, so I immediately went on Twitter and declared we have a new best Jewish wide receiver out there. Uh, it turns out his last name is Judy and his nickname is Jew. So he is not Jewish, but he wears that piece of his nickname. I think I, you still claim him. Yeah, there's a certain wide receiver for the New England Patriots who took exception to my claim. That Edelman? Yeah, Julian's mad at me now. Wait, did he tweet back at you? Yes. Well, what did he say? He said, and I don't know what this means, he said... Easy rod. Easy. Like, take it easy. <laughs> so, so he's, I think, I don't know, this must be some hip language. I hope it's not uh, profane at all, but he's like, <laughs> slow down there. I'm still the best Jewish wide receiver. That's what I'm implying. Okay. Now, Edelman's pretty good. He's got a pretty, you know, he's got a Hall of Fame career, so I don't know. But uh, Jerry Judy's a pretty good prospect for the team. I'm pretty excited about this. Have we confirmed that Julian Edelman is Jewish? He's part Jewish. He's a, yeah, he's part Jewish, and I think he practices some form of Judaism. i got to double-check that. but uh, He gives it 110% when he practices Judaism. <laughs> I guarantee it. He might, be saying, um, he might be saying easy on the claim that he's Jewish, but, hey, you know what? Well, I, we I we know he's not Jewish. We know Jerry Judy's not Jewish. Yes, Jerry had to explain that in his interview, because I'm not Jewish, by the way. I just go with that. He's, he's Judy-ish. Yes. <laughs> but, uh no, Jerry Judy was having fun with it, I think. And uh, are you it, gonna are you gonna take claim? Are you gonna claim Jerry yeah. Judy? Oh, you know how liberal I am. <laughs> I mean, you're on the team. I know. Yeah, I, I'm one percent Jewish. <laughs> According to twenty three and me. Yeah, twenty three and me. It's like you start going That's down that list, and you go, wait, they got me as uh, West African. And they got me as Jewish. Yeah. I, I tried to claim Herschel Walker, for God's sake. <laughs> Remember, Sandler goes, yeah, Heshi Walker. He's like, I love that guy. <laughs> uh, Titus in Oregon joins us. Hi, Titus. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. 62220. Hey, with Dak Prescott and these all these negotiations, Yeah. so is he just – Basically, just because he's a Dallas Cowboy quarterback, he can demand $40 million. He turned down the $33 million. He's obviously not as good as Russell Westbrook. Um, Russell Wilson, sorry. Yeah. Uh, where's that Where's that coming to play? Just because you're the You're Dallas the next Cowboys man up. Titus, you're the next, and thanks for the phone call, you're the next man up. That's all this is. If uh, this was Deshaun Watson, then Deshaun Watson, his agent, would be asking for this, I'm going to guess. Patrick Mahomes, we already know that he's probably going to go negotiations start at uh, 38 to $40 million a year for him. But every time these quarterbacks cash in with this, the team eventually pays a, a bigger price in. That is, you lose players. And that's what's going to happen to Kansas City. It happens to all of these teams. You get success. Remember when Russell Wilson came in, he had the Legion of Boom. And... So you had that to bank on. In every, you were in every game because you had the Legion of Boom. 
and you didn't have to score a lot of points. And then all of a sudden, look at all those players that left, that they, they were forced to leave, or you cut them. You couldn't afford them. You know, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now, Russ, you got to win games. The Legion of Zoom. Oh, no, that's Kansas City. But you had to try to win games offensively. And Seattle has not been the same team. Russ is going to the Hall of Fame, but the reason why you were playing for Super Bowls is because you had an unbelievable defense. New England's got a pretty good defense, or at least they had one this year. And I think that's where Brady has to look at this and go, that division, that defense, how much do I need? And what can we do? Can we get Odell Beckham Jr.? Can we make? Can we trade and get Odell Beckham? Give me something here. Because if, if I'm in that meeting and I'm New England and I'm Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft, I'd be going, hey, Tom, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're trying to do. Okay, then I think you're going to get Brady's attention. But if you think you're going to get him for one year, I think Brady leaves. And this goes back to what happened with Albert Pujols. The Angels made him an offer he could not turn down. Could the Raiders make Brady an offer that he can't turn down? And that is, we'll give you three years, $30 million. Guaranteed. You interested? If I'm Tom Brady, yeah. Another thing to keep an eye on is, and Daniel Jeremiah, I think, joins us tomorrow. And he's taken over for uh, Mike Mayock with the NFL uh, Combine. Last year in the draft, 12 wide receivers went during a 52-pick span. Now, it started at the 25th pick overall, Marquise Brown, and then it went through uh, Terry uh, McLaurin of 76th overall by the Redskins. Amazing how much of an impact that that had in year one. A.J. Brown, uh, you got Hardman with Kansas City, Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. So this year, Daniel Jeremiah, the draft expert for the NFL Network, has 27 receivers who have grades in the top three rounds. The best draft for receivers in two decades. So keep that in mind as you go into the draft. And if you're a team that needs help, you can get that help at wide receiving core. At that position. Yeah, McLovin. By the same logic, if you're a receiver, it's the wrong year to come out. That's you're, true. you're falling big time. But I was thinking if Tom Brady stays in New England, they draft one of these receivers. Does it, does, don't you get the sense he gets frustrated with young receivers? Like, remember he was kind of pointing everybody all over the place this year? Well, I, I think that uh, the only guy who doesn't frustrate him is Edelman. But Nikhil Harry, there were times when he was brilliant, and then other times you didn't know he was on the field. But you do have these... Wide receivers, we talk about the transition from being a quarterback in college to the pros, and that's a big transition. Being a wide receiver going into the pros used to be a, a, a crapshoot. Like, there were so many wide receivers who washed out. It was really tough to handicap, you know, how good they were going to be. Now you got these guys. Look at the number of first-year wide receivers who had an impact last year. Seven, eight. And I think that's, if you're the Patriots, you're banking on that. There are a lot of teams that are banking on that. Yeah, McLevin. By the way, we found out what the reference from Julian Edelman was. I can save it. Oh, Rod? Yeah, easy Rod. Okay, we'll take a break, and then we'll find out if Julian Edelman was making fun of McLovin. I hope he was. We'll take a break. We're back after this from the Dan Patrick Show.
Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. All right, I got to find out if Julian Edelman is mad at McLovin. I give the backstory on this. Okay, so Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy showed up at the combine interview wearing a Star of David, which is a traditional Jewish symbol. And he explained it's because his nickname is Jew, because his last name is Judy. But he's not Jewish. He just identifies in some way. Okay. And then I tweeted, oh, okay, we have a new greatest NFL wide receiver, Jewish wide receiver. Sorry, Julian Edelman. Sorry, Jeremy Bloom, if you remember, former Olympic skier. Out of Colorado. Yeah, who was drafted in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, his sister was Molly for Molly's game. But anyway, side story. <laughs> So Julian Edelman tweeted me back saying, easy, Rod, and none of us really knew what that meant at first. So we had the BRGs check it out, and they found out it's from a movie. Oh, so the backroom guys found out that easy, Rod, is from what movie? Super Troopers. <laughs> 2001, low-budget comedy, sort of a defining comedy of a generation. All right, so Edelman is going to Super Troopers. Now, is he making fun of you? or uh, Yes, very <laughs> much so. Easy, Rod, easy. So the two cops are in a car, and Rod is this guy who's like the idiot of the crew. Um, by the way, it's a whole crew of idiots. He's the biggest idiot. He's about to do something really stupid. They're like, easy, Rod, easy. Okay. So Julian's either saying easy on... Easy, Rod, easy, Rod. Yeah. So Julian's either saying, I don't know which aspect of my tweet got him upset, that he's still the greatest Jewish wide receiver, or like the whole debate is idiotic. I think that's more along the lines. By the way, I can't find any Jewish wide receivers. I looked for the list of them. There's none. There's very few Jewish wide receivers. But does Edelman know that you're just kidding? What? Kidding about what? I bet that Jerry, Jerry Judy is not Jewish. I think you wear a star David at the combine. You're on the team, Dan. It's a, it's a declaration. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you know that Dave Parker wore a star of David, the former baseball player? Nice. Yeah, he wore a star. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he wore a star Just because it looked cool? And his name's David. Oh. Star of David. Stay with me. I don't know. That's not a natural connection for me. <laughs> Easy, Rod. Easy. All right. So Edelman. And you met Edelman. Edelman's fine with you, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think he was just making fun of me. Uh, Tell it, him to call in. There are a few Jewish, like, uh, you know who? Taylor Mays, the safety out of uh, USC? USC. was a big deal. He was Jewish. So, <laughs> was or is? Uh, like, are you still? Well, I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. I don't think he's in the NFL. I'm not sure. I know, but he's still Jewish. Yeah. Like he was not just Jewish in the NFL. But I'm looking for current NFL players. Current NFL players who are Jewish. Mitch Schwartz in the Super Bowl. Yes, Paul. There's a kid on the combine for Auburn. He's a running back, Marcus Menora. He seems <laughs> ran a 4-4-4. Four, four, that four. is not true. It's a, Oh, that's my bad. I read that wrong. That's my bad. Oh, Danny Edling. 
Did he, that quarterback who plays for the Patriots, I think he lined up a wide receiver too. I, I don't know. I don't keep track of it. I, I know it's important to you. Yeah, there's a joke in the, uh, the movie Airplane where uh, he goes, oh, I'll give you some light reading, and he hands him the Encyclopedia <laughs> of Jewish Athletes. That's this little pamphlet. Great line. All righty. So McLovin and uh, Edelman, you know, look, you're feuding. That's what we, need, we need it to be their, your feuding. Me and Julian? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be a feud. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay at the end of the day going back to whatever supermodel he's connected yeah, with right now. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. But I'm just saying we got to create this friction here. There's tension. Like, it's on right now. I saw uh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had 53 against the Bulls on Sunday. He had 55 last night against the Bucks. First player to score at least 50 consecutive days since Kobe Bryant. March 23rd, uh, 22nd, 23rd, 2007. Prior to that, Michael Jordan did it April 12th, 13th, 1987. Um, they also lost those games as well. At, at what point does Bradley Beal say, get me out of here, please? Please get me out of here. Because, you know, they, they, they paid John Wall... And John Wall hasn't played, got injured. And even when John Wall comes back, I would watch the Wizards because of the backcourt was pretty fascinating. But Bradley Beal might be the best-kept secret in the NBA. I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful player. It's just nobody is watching the Wizards. It's tough to watch the Wizards. If you said Bradley Beal was scoring 55, it would still be difficult to watch the Wizards. My concern with the Milwaukee Bucks is the following. Maybe it's not a big concern. At some point in the playoffs, somebody else has to win a game or win games for you than the Greek Freak. Half-court offense, half-court defense, and somebody. And do they have that go-to number two guy? I know Chris Middleton's an all-star, so you can save your uh, tweets. Do you have that guy where you go, I can count on him? And I don't think Milwaukee does. Greek Freak? Might be the best player in the game. Probably is. I'm not sold on Bledsoe as my point guard because he can give it and take it away. He can keep both teams in the game. He can be spectacular. I just, you know, Lopez is a, a wonderful talent to have that he can shoot threes and be a rim protector. But come playoff time, it, it comes down to half-court offense. The, the basketball you see now is not the basketball that's going to be played in the postseason. Just not. Because I'm watching games last night where Hawks and the Sixers both have 90 points at the end of the third quarter. It's just free-flowing, have fun, go up and down. Once you get to the postseason, somebody is going to have to step up in a big way. Because if, if I'm playing the Greek freak, all my efforts are concentrated on stopping him. If Bledsoe beats me, Chris Middleton beats me, Lopez beats me, I'll take that. I can't have the Greek freak beat me. And that would be the biggest concern I have. But Bradley Beal went for 55, but the Wizards lost in overtime. Also, Joe LMB career-high 49 last night against the Hawks. And I know, we, I know we're accused of trying to create tension, friction between him and Ben Simmons. Feels like Embiid, like when he's on his own, he's, he's really good. And when Ben Simmons is on his own, he's really good. But... Embiid has 88 points over his last two home games. He's been impressive, and uh, he's been really good from the line. You know, Sixers 
tend to fare better when Embiid plays like he did last night, more free throw attempts, uh, fewer three-point attempts there. Uh, so that's uh, an ongoing issue with that team. 76ers, this might be the last year for Brett Brown if they don't advance to the conference championship, and you might have to pick your sides between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons moving on. Yes, Paul. But isn't it the frustrating thing about Embiid? You see nights like last night where he could just dominate any person on the court. And you're like, why aren't those happening more often? I guess, can he turn it on like that? Well, he was playing against the Hawks. Fair enough. He should play them nightly. Yeah. I tuned in because Trey Young was playing. Although, they did a pretty good job shutting him down through the first three quarters there. All right, final hour on the way. Deontay Wilder. I've heard a lot of excuses. This one, one of the best ever. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 331.20. 